Alleluia, Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed. Alleluia. Blessed be the Holy Trinity, one God, the fountain of living water, our rock who gave us birth, our light, and our salvation. Amen. Joined to Christ in the waters of baptism, we are clothed with God's mercy and forgiveness. Let us give thanks for the gift of baptism. Holy God, you are the river of life. You are the everlasting wellspring. Blessed be God. Blessed be God. Glory to you for Lake Michigan, for oceans, rivers, and streams. Your waters are below us, around us, above us. Our life is born in you. You are the fountain of resurrection. Blessed be God. Blessed be God. Praise to you for saving waters. Noah and the animals survived the flood. The Israelites escape through the sea, and Jesus is baptized in the Jordan. Blessed be God. Blessed be God. Through this water and the droplets that we will receive on our bodies, remind us of our baptism. Breathe your spirit into all who are gathered here, and into all creation. Wash away the sin within us, drown the evil around us, shower us with your spirit, that your forgiveness, grace, and love may be renewed in our lives. To you be given honor and praise through Jesus Christ our Lord in the unity of the Holy Spirit, now and forever. Amen. Amen.
Hallelujah, Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed. Hallelujah. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Let us pray. Eternal and merciful God, with all the angels and all the saints, we laud your majesty and might. By the resurrection of your Son, show yourself to us and inspire us to follow Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Meanwhile, Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogue at Damascus, so that if he found any who belonged to the way, men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. Now, as he was going along and approaching Damascus, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? He asked, Who are you, Lord? Then the reply came, I am Jesus, who you are persecuting. But get up and enter the city, and you will be told what you are to do. Word of God, word of life.
from Revelation. Then I looked and I heard the voice of many angels surrounding the throne and the living creatures and the elders. They numbered myriads of myriads and thousands of thousands, singing with full voice, Worthy is the Lamb that was slaughtered to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. Then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea and all that is in them singing to the one seated on the throne and to the Lamb be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. And the four living creatures said, Amen. And the elders fell down and worshipped. Word of God, word of life. Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, Lord. After he appeared to his followers in Jerusalem, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples by the Sea of Tiberias, and he showed himself in this way. Gathered there together were Simon Peter, Thomas called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two others of the disciples. Simon Peter said to them, I am going fishing. They said to him, we will go with you. They went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Just after daybreak, Jesus stood on the beach, but the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to them, children, you have no fish, do you? They said to him, no. He said to them, cast the net to the right side of the boat, and you will find some. So they cast it, and now they were not able to haul it in because there were so many fish. That disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it is the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on some clothes, for he was naked, and jumped into the sea. But the other disciples came in the boat, dragging the net full of fish, for they were not far from the land, only about a hundred yards off. When they had gone ashore, they saw a charcoal fire there with fish on it and bread. Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish that you have just caught. So Simon Peter went aboard and hauled the net ashore full of large fish, 153 of them. And though there were so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. 
Now none of the disciples dared to ask him, Who are you? Because they knew it was the Lord. Jesus came and took the bread and gave it to them and did the same with the fish. This was now the third time that Jesus appeared to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my lambs. A second time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter felt hurt because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you used to fasten your own belt and to go wherever you wished. But when you grow old, you will stretch out your hands and someone will fasten a belt around you and take you where you do not wish to go. He said this to indicate the kind of death by which he would glorify God. After this, he said to him, follow me. The Gospel of the Lord. Come and have breakfast. These words were printed on a teal coffee mug at a church plant I was involved with in Birmingham, Alabama. This church was meant to minister to those who had been hurt or burned by church, those who had been cast to the margins. I certainly was one of those people when I first found St. Junia. I had been out of church for the past few years, and after coming out for the first time, I thought I'd lost just about everything I had to lose. My marriage, my job, my house, my church, my community. So when I read the words, come and have breakfast on this newly minted church merchandise, I scoffed and said to myself, that's not in the Bible. After all, I knew the Bible pretty well. I didn't bother to look it up or ask anyone, you know, like you do when you don't want to be proven wrong. <laughs> but it continued to bother me, so I formulated another theory. Maybe it is in the Bible, but probably in one of those quirky translations like the message. <laughs> it wasn't until I was in seminary a few years later that I came across this passage in John and admitted defeat. <laughs> when I read the passage again this week, though, I was re reminded of this time in my life. I started wondering what it was that made me react so adversely to these words. 
come and have breakfast. They seem pretty innocuous, and I really love breakfast. <laughs> so what was it? I realized that at that point in my life, I didn't want those words to be in the Bible because it seemed too easy. Eating brunch with Jesus on the beach? That sounded amazing. But no, it wasn't in my paradigm for religious life. So what's wrong with things being easy? Think of all the ways we use and conceive of that word. Easy to find means achieved without great effort or presenting few difficulties. Some of the common phrases we hear are easy as ABC, easy street. We talk about the easy way out, getting off easy, having it easy. Or what about a person of easy virtue, easy money? While we're talking about breakfast, how about over easy eggs? <laughs> they just run all over the place, right? And, and that's what our culture thinks when we think about the word easy. Running all over the place, unboundaried, undisciplined, unreliable. I don't know about y'all, but easy doesn't sound like the Christianity I grew up with. We were kind of more of the take up your cross variety. And not only take up your cross, but run to grab others' crosses. Pick up any crosses left lying on the ground that someone else might have left behind a long time ago. I imagine if we had been with Jesus that morning on the beach, our breakfast would have gotten cold while we went searching for driftwood to build crosses to carry. As much as Christians talk about grace and love, we certainly seem to hold on to the crosses we bear for dear life. Isn't carrying a heavy burden part of the Christian life? And Jesus basically says this to Peter in the text, too. You will have to take up your cross and follow me. In our Good Friday service here, we processed the cross down the aisle and proclaimed three times, Behold the life-giving life cross on which was hung the Savior of the world. Even on the dark night of Jesus' death, we acknowledge the life-giving nature of the cross. So what does this life look like? In a Huffington Post article titled, Brunch is Better Than Church, Pastor Josh Cobia explores the phenomenon of brunch. On any given weekend, You'll find people of all sorts gathering to share sweet and savory dishes and crafty cocktails. The attractiveness of brunch lies in a few factors, Cobia suggests. First, it facilitates meaningful conversation. Bo and I had the privilege of going to brunch with our young adults a few weeks ago. And the conversation just naturally turned into some tough theological topics at the table with people of varied backgrounds and beliefs. It was fantastic and powerful and all over plates of French toast and breakfast tacos. Second thing brunch does is offer inclusive welcome. 
Table fellowship brings everyone together. No matter how you're feeling that day, what you're wearing, what you order, whatever idiosyncrasies that generally tend to separate you from others, brunch is an equitable place where you can just show up. Finally, brunch becomes a place where community and meaning are intertwined. At the table, we see a vision of the hope we have for the world, where all are fed, welcomed, loved, and valued. In discussing declining church attendance, Cobia states, people didn't stop going to church, they just started calling it brunch. Wow, this really hit home for me. I remember in the years that I was too afraid to darken the door of a church because of my queer identity, I never missed Sunday brunch with my friends. Brunch was my church. And y'all, Jesus invented brunch. (laughs) And not just in this post-resurrection grilled fish and bread on the beach, It's all over the Gospels. Jesus is eating with everybody and anybody, anywhere, and getting lots of flack for it. Jesus consistently teaches, preaches, and builds community over food, with food, and in the presence of food. Anywhere we practice this type of communion, Jesus is with us. Jesus feeds us and asks us to feed one another. Life is not always going to be easy. There will be hardships without a doubt. And we don't deny the pain and suffering of bearing the weight of our crosses. But we also can't deny the power of the resurrection. And table fellowship anchors us in resurrection hope as we catch a glimpse of an abundant, just, and equitable world. Elsewhere in the Gospels, Jesus says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. My hope is that those of us who have been taught that faith is a constant struggle can gradually begin to relax into these moments where Jesus is asking us to be present and enjoy life. And although I was wrong about my initial assessment assessment of breakfast in the Bible, I was right in assuming that there were some interesting translations. The King James Version asks us to come and dine, and the message exclaims, breakfast is ready. I can hear someone ringing the front porch bell with that one. Today we come as we are to this table of abundance as we respond to Jesus' simple invitation, come and have breakfast. Amen.
gathered around Christ, crucified and risen, let us pray for the whole people of God, the earth, and all who cry out for healing. You call your disciples to follow the way of the cross by their words and works of love. Make your church a place of welcome and empathy for all people. Risen Lord, hear our prayer. Every creature in heaven and on earth sings your praise. Give us deep reverence for the vibrant diversity of creation, flowers and streams, animals and bugs, sunsets and stormy skies. Risen Lord, hear our prayer. Come to the aid of those who are persecuted, oppressed, or imprisoned by hostile governments. Be with refugees and immigrants as they seek safe homes. Risen Lord, hear our prayer. Bring relief to bodies weary with pain, sickness, or grief, especially Mark, all mourning the death of Allison Strickler's father, Warren, all mourning the death of Rachel Held Evans, and those we name now, either aloud or in our hearts. Risen Lord, hear our prayer. Bless therapists, social workers, counselors, and all caregivers who demonstrate your love in acts of healing and tenderness for the cultivation of mental health and wellness. Risen Lord, hear our prayer. All honor and glory and blessing belong to you. We praise you for the faith of the saints, especially Blessed Mary, Julian of Norwich, Victor the Moor, and Nikolaus Ludwig von Zinzendorf. Be near us as we await the day when we will feast forever with the risen Christ. Risen Lord, hear our prayer. prayer. Hear us according to your steadfast love, O God, and in your great compassion, bring us to resurrection and rebirth in Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. The peace of the risen Christ be with you always. Hallelujah, Christ is risen. Christ is risen Hallelujah. Easter continues 50 days, and many of our staff members have so looked forward to this day when we were back together in one service. So thank you for attending for the great energy that you bring this morning. Well, today I have to say on those days that you wonder whether brunch would be better than church, <laughs> you are still welcome here, and we hope that together as we converse and get to know one another and share the feast that we find the presence of the risen Christ. Also, whether you've been coming for years or just a couple weeks, 
how you vote, how you think about the world, your temperament, uh, the color of your skin, who you love and marry, your gender identity, all those many ways that we may divide ourselves in the world. Here we are one in God's mercy and grace. So welcome to all of you. If you are new, there are yellow slips in the pew rack and we invite you to fill those out and place them in the offering. So as you can see, we're a church that, we do church a little bit differently since a lot of people don't carry cash anymore or um, in this church give online. The offering basket is here on the way to communion. And we do appreciate your generosity in whatever way you give. But you'll notice on page 11, as part of Mental Health Awareness Month, today's offering will uh, be given to the Dark Matter Coffee Sip of Hope. And that is part of their mission and ministry as well. So please read about that. Today's loose offering will support them. So if you'll turn with me to page 12 for just a few things I would like to highlight. We volunteer in a number of places in our community in this coming uh, uh, a week and a half from now, I guess almost two weeks from now on May 18th, we'll be serving a meal at the crib shelter uh, down the block at Lakeview Lutheran. If you'd like to find out more, please talk to Ken and James right here after the worship service. And then, during the month of May, because we have this 9.30 service, it gives us an opportunity to have a forum together right in this space. And today, we are so excited to welcome one of our own members who usually attends HT Loop in the South Loop, Dr. Uh, Brooke Peterson. And her dissertation was on religious trauma and the LGBTQIA community. She interviewed some of our own members on some of what it was like to grow up in less than accepting congregations and Christianities and how that has affected them and how it has even traumatized some of them. So Brooke is in the back, could you stand so we could see you? This is a commercial to come for this forum. Uh, she, she will probably make the dissertation a little bit more accessible to us than it might have She's just gonna read it. <laughs> so here is what's gonna <laughs> come anyway. Here's what's gonna happen. After the postlude is done, there'll be a 10 minute interlude if you need to leave. There will also be coffee here. We'll send the kids right to Sunday school. And in those 10 minutes is your chance to talk to someone that you've never talked to. We usually just turn to the people we know, but this is a very changing community and part of building is building community is getting to know new people. So a couple questions could be, how long have you attended this church? Where do you live in Chicago? What denomination did you grow up, if any? Um, what do you like about the city? And that'll keep you going for the 10 minutes, I promise you. So introduce yourself to someone new during that time. 10 minutes after the post-seed, we'll sit down near the front for um, Brooke's uh, presentation. You'll notice the next two topics also very exciting on May 12th and May 19th. We now receive the gifts of bread and wine as we prepare to celebrate brunch with Jesus. Please stand.
blessed are you, O God of the universe. You bring springtime to the earth. You drown evil and sin in the flood. You liberate those in bondage. You put flesh on dry bones. You stand in the fire with all who suffer. You lead us to the promised land. You are the God of resurrection. You are the God of resurrection. Blessed are you, O God of the universe. You raised Jesus from the dead. The risen one breathes peace on us, walks with us along the roadway, reveals himself in broken bodies, bruised hearts, and the wounded earth. Our hearts burn as he opens our eyes, forgives our sin, and reveals himself in broken bread. You are the God of resurrection. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread and gave thanks, broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. Again, after supper, he took the cup, gave thanks, and gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, poured out for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. In this meal, we remember Christ, the shepherd who comforts us in the dark valley, the door who leads us to abundant life, the vine who nourishes us to bear fruit. Amid great rejoicing, let us proclaim the mystery of faith. your Holy Spirit on us and this feast. By this bread and cup, make of us the body of Christ for the world. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Renew the face of the earth. Awaken our wintry spirits. Set our hearts on fire with your love. Bring hope to those in despair and justice to those who are oppressed. Send us as witnesses to the resurrection. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. With your holy ones of all times and places, with the earth and all its creatures, with sun, moon, and stars, we praise you, O God, blessed and holy Trinity, now and forever.
Alleluia, Christ, our Passover is sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast.
Let us pray. Author of life divine, in the breaking of bread we know the risen Lord. Feed us always in these mysteries, that we may show your glory to all the world. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. God, who the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ has given us the victory, give you joy and peace in your faith. And may God bless you now and forever. In the strong name of the Holy Trinity. Amen. Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Go in peace, y'all. Share the good news. Thanks be to God.